Luke chapter 2, I want to read to you. Uh, tomorrow, again, I was encouraging my Sunday school class, who is made up uh, mostly, not exclusively, of those that have children still in the home. And I was encouraging them to take some time uh, to read a portion of Scripture, whether it be from Matthew or Luke, about the Christmas story and pray together. You know, we as Christians are sometimes guilty of saying the right things, but not doing the right things. And I don't just want to give lip service to what we believe about Christmas. We need to practice it. So let's make Jesus the center of our Christmases. And though it may feel awkward to you, it will not remain awkward the more you do it. And so Luke chapter 2 is certainly one of those classic passages in Scripture that refers to the incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ. And I begin our reading tonight, you could read really the entire chapter, but I begin our reading tonight in verse 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Aren't you thankful that God came with goodwill and intentions toward us? He could have come with judgment toward us, but He came with goodwill and intentions. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I want to give you just a brief challenge tonight. And the title of my thought this evening is, O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye faithful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for the privilege it's been to be in your house tonight to just... Take some time and consecrate it in our busy holiday season, all the rushing and going and festivities, but to take some time and just calm down for a moment and to focus on your glory and the greatness of this story. And I do pray that you'd help us as we just pause for a few more moments here tonight, that you would create in us just a, a reinforcement of the significance of the season and that you would continue to bless us by its meaning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Of course, the title of my thought tonight is, O Come, All Ye Faithful. And one of the more famous Christmas carols that we sing this time of year is just that, O Come, All Ye Faithful. It's been sung by all kinds of people. Uh, it's been sung by opera singers. It's been sung by crooners. It's been sung by uh, country stars and Hollywood moguls. And really, its author is, is unknown. It's been attributed to the likes of St. Bonaventure. Somebody even attributed it to King John IV of Portugal. Uh, it's been attributed to all kinds of people. 
But if you were to look at a modern English hymnal, it's usually credited to a man named John Francis Wade. It's attributed to him because his name appears on the earliest printed versions of the song. Uh, But somebody said it was likely because he lived in exile in France and he made a living as a copyist, a musical manuscript that he found in libraries. And so he often signed his copies, possibly because his calligraphy was so beautiful and uh, his clients wanted to see his calligraphy and so his name was found on them and it's been attributed to him. Although we have heard this song, O Come All Ye Faithful, more times than we could probably count. In fact, some of you committed a just an abominable sin by listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving and probably have heard it dozens and dozens of times by now. But I think because we hear it so often, we neglect to think about its words. Think about it. O come, all ye faithful. What it is, is it's an invitation. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Think about that. An invitation is given to the joyful. I ask myself that question, are you constantly joyful? This afternoon I was reading a book on our personalities and just examining the different personalities and the combinations that make us like we are and how some of us are prone to not be the most joyful and happy of people. But I think about that. The invitation is said, oh, come joyful, come gather together. I wonder, would that describe me in my life? Would that describe you in your life, the joyful, the triumphant? You, you know me. I like to win. I like to compete. And I, I hate losing probably as much as I, or more as I, I like winning. Oh, come all ye triumphant. I want to ask you that question. I think that's a great question to ask. Are you winning more than you're losing in your spiritual life? This, these are invitations given to you. But the primary invitation here tonight is, O come, all ye faithful. In fact, in Latin, which it was written, it's come, you faithful ones. You know, the wise men and the shepherds rushed to Bethlehem in a stall to see the miraculous birth of Christ. But there has been since that time a continuation of the faithful that have traveled to Bethlehem in a spiritual sense for well over 2,000 years. All these shepherds that were faithful watching their flocks in a menial task. These wise men that were faithful to search the Scriptures and to see the signs of the times, to recognize the star rising, to follow it afar. We recognize that those faithful people rushed to Bethlehem in this stall. But again, I say to you that we have been called still all of this time later to the faithful to come to Bethlehem in a spiritual sense. And we are still being invited to come even to this very night. I want to give you three invitations to the faithful at Christmas. You'll notice in our text, the first invitation is this, come and faithfully seek Him. Come and faithfully seek Him. In verses 15 and 16, it says, And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. Uh, The shepherds said to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You know, the Bible is constantly admonishing us to seek the Lord. I'm going to read a few verses to you. Psalm 105 and verse 4. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. 1 Chronicles 22:19. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord, your God. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon Him while He is near. 
Jeremiah 29.13 And ye shall seek Me and find Me when ye shall search for Me with all of your heart. You understand that the Bible is still calling us to seek after Him. In fact, you might see that on a pin or a shirt or a message board that says, wise men still seek Him. And aren't you thankful after all of this time, God is still calling the faithful to seek after Him. You say, what does it mean to seek after Him? Let's put it in these terms. It's setting the mind and the heart on God. Setting our thoughts and our affections on God. It's, listen tonight, it's the opposite of mentally coasting. And I think sometimes we do that. It's the opposite of mentally coasting. You know, I was visiting with somebody just the other day, and they're of a different denomination, and they had visited our church, and we had great fellowship. It was a good fellowship, and he said this. He said, you know I, what I noticed about your church and you Baptists? He said, you guys are serious. I said, well, we do like to laugh in church, but, but I took that as a great compliment. You know, we ought to be serious about seeking after God. It's serious business. Setting our minds and our hearts on God, not just mentally coasting in our life. It's a conscience, conscious choice to direct the heart toward God. I mean, think about it. You ever lost something that was important to you? You ever lost your car keys? You ever frantically looking for them? You ever lost your wallet? You're frantically looking for it and then have somebody ask you that stupid question? When did, where did you leave it last? Well, if I knew where I left it last, I wouldn't be looking for it, now would I? But when you are, have your mind, your heart set on something and you're seeking after to find it, it's very intense, isn't it? And, and I'm thankful that today there is still an invitation from God that says to us, to the faithful, hey, come seek after me. Come seek after me, because don't you love that promise? When you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found. Let me give you secondly, come and faithfully serve him. Look at verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. I want to remind you that the purpose of our church, we always say, is to go, win, baptize, and teach. That's the purpose of our ministry. Yes, I'm glad we can give candy to kids and we can have programs and we can have fun and we can have fellowship, but the purpose of our existence as an organization, as an organism that we call a church, is to go win, baptize, and teach. Our part of the body ought to fit into this. And so we say, or I ask you the question, how are you serving Him? You see how these shepherds, they went out and they made known abroad what they had experienced and what they had seen. So I ask you tonight by way of application, who have you told about what he has done for you lately? When was the last time you shared that with somebody? Who have you invited to church? You understand there are opportunities all around you. Just tonight, you know how it is at Christmas season. You just feel like you're running around all the time, running and running and running. And uh, we, we had forgot something that we needed to pick up for, for Christmas uh, dinner, you know. And, and so I stopped in the store right before church, before we got here, and as I was Rushing through, and look, I'm a, I'm a point A to point B kind of person, especially when I'm shopping. Get in and get out. And so I was moving pretty fast, and I, I, I moved right past this guy, and when I went right past him, by the way, that's, that's a flaw sometimes in my, my personality that way. You get a lot of things done, but sometimes you, you step over people and you miss people on your way from point A to point B. And as I brushed past this person, I recognized them. I don't know why God just 
jogged who they were in my memory. And I literally, I, I, I moved several feet past them because, boy, I'm moving. And I stopped and I came back and I talked to them. It was a family that had come to church. A lady got saved in our church. I hadn't seen them in, in, in quite some time. And I said, hey, how are you? Where have you been? We've been missing you. Love to see you at church. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Listen, I'm just telling you, there are opportunities of people all around us if we open our eyes and we pay attention. And unfortunately, I don't always pay attention. Who have you tried to win to Christ? I know he's not here tonight for a reason. I was texting him this afternoon, but Joey Cole uh, on Thursday night texted me and was all excited because he had led his co-worker to Christ. He had been praying for him, had an opportunity, shared the gospel with him, and his co-worker trusted Jesus Christ, a co-worker that Joey had invited to church here and had heard a gospel message and who knows what seeds had been sown. And as Joey was faithful to witness to him, he trusted Christ and we're hoping to get him back to church and see him grow in Christ. Who was the last person you have tried to win to Christ? How has God's glory so overwhelmed you to such a degree that you couldn't contain it to yourself? I see that in the text. These shepherds, they see the angels and they see the glory of God and they see all of this taking place and they're just so overwhelmed with everything that had happened that they just couldn't keep it to themselves. I understand in this world in which we live in, there are challenges. We have struggles within our own soul and our own mind. We have a society that's not as favorable to Christianity as it once was. We have Christians who are lukewarm to the things of God, I understand that we face challenges. But listen, we must faithfully serve the Lord. And God is still inviting us to serve Him. Lastly and finally, come and faithfully worship Him. Verse 20. It says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Again, I've tried to emphasize this with you. You know, we often associate praise and worship with music. But there's no record of the shepherds singing. And by the way, I just, I don't know, I've got it in my mind that angels probably sang beautifully, but shepherds probably did not. There's no record of them singing, but the angels have no record of singing. You look at verse 10, if you want to be a stickler, it says they were saying it, not singing it. And singing, we know, is a medium of worship, but listen to me tonight, it's not the only one. I understand that singing is a big part of our worship, but it is not really ultimately necessary for worship. What we could define worship as is just simply this. It's the humbling of one to express the worth of another. You see, these shepherds, by way of their profession, were already humbled people. They were nobody in society. But yet the angels came to them and, and brought glad tidings. But we're going to see in some season later, wise men from afar come and they bring very expensive gifts. And what do they do? They kneel down before him. And what do they do? They humble themselves to express his worth above them. Napoleon Bonaparte, famous figure in, in history, gave a great quote. And of course, we wouldn't agree with everything in Napoleon Bonaparte, but here's certainly something that he said that I would say amen to. He said this, if Socrates would enter the room, we should rise and do him honor. But if Jesus Christ came into the room, we should fall down on our knees and worship him. And that's so very true. We have sung tonight, and we will continue to sing, 
And we'll extol His virtues and His great deeds. But understand that's why we worship Him in song, because when we sing, that's what we're doing. We're expressing His worth. Again, when, in our worship, when we give, we're showing that He is worthy of our first and our best. When we pray, we humble ourselves and show that we are dependent upon Him. And when we preach, we hang on the edge of our seats to listen not to the preacher's words, but to God's words, knowing that His ways and His truths are better. We must be faithful in our private worship. That's why I'm trying to challenge you all the time. Read your Bible, read your Bible, spend time in devotions. We must be faithful in our corporate and public worship. Thank you for being here tonight. I think it speaks volumes. And I'm thankful that I was driving by other churches tonight that were gathering tonight on this Christmas Eve, this sacred holiday, to worship our Savior. Thank you for being here. God invites us to faithfully worship Him. Let me read some lyrics to that song, O come all ye faithful. Yea, Lord, we greet Thee. Born this happy morning. Jesus, to Thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. I just want to respond to the invitation that He gives us to come. Let's be faithful to seek Him, to serve Him, to worship Him.